What's happening? This is the Tap In Podcast. We are live inside of the Tap In studio. It's your boy Jerome Rogan in the building, a.k.a. Dante. Man, we got a super, super special guest in the building. He is quickly becoming one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram. Um, Just dope, dope story. Mr. Boss Man Brewster, man. How you doing, dog? I'm alive and free. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. (laughs) Ain't God good? All the time. Yeah, yes, sir. Man, so I caught your um, your interview on Real Life Street Stars, man, and I thought it was super motivating and dope, and I was like, yo, I need to, I need to bring him on my platform, man. Um, it, it's so much I want to cover. Can you um, – I know, and you got a successful – we're going to get into all this. We're gonna, you got a successful trucking company out of Dallas right now, right? Correct. Okay, and what's what's the name of the trucking company? Brewster Logistics. Okay, man. So I kind of want to just walk everybody, if you can. And you did you did some time in in jail or right. in the pen? I did thirteen years in the Texas Department of Criminal Justice. Okay, and and what happened? What uh what landed you in there? Matter of fact, let's not start there. What kind of um what kind of kid were you as a, as a youngster? I was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, man, I was one of those kids. I was super smart in school. So I would finish all my work before the rest of the kids in the class. And once I'm done, I'm over here messing with this little boy and messing with this little girl. You know, you would think that uh, I was a class clown, but I was one of the smartest kids in the classroom. Mm. So I was just one of them kids, you know, the teacher didn't want to deal with me. They'll try to give me some work, but I'm so smart. I do the work in 10, 15 minutes. Mm, mm. So you know those type of things Young, want to be impressionable Want to run around the streets Want to be down You know just growing up in the hood Yeah What made you Um, <laughs> When did you first like Encounter like What you what you would call the streets Like what was your first We was like okay I'm out here now Uh, Well my mama She a product of the streets So I came up around it I was already As a youngster just coming up I'm watching my mama do her thing in the streets So by the time I say 11, 12 years old, I had already jumped off the porch. We already stealing out the malls, running across the parking lots, and uh, renting out Dauphine rentals. And, you know, I'm already knee-deep doing those type of things. Mm, okay. All right. Was you, was you like, you never got into, like, selling drugs and no shit like that, right? It was all, like, other petty stuff when you was a kid? Nah, when I was a kid, I used to sell dope. Straight up? Yeah, I, uh, I done sold drugs to my mother before. Really? Yeah, as a little kid. I'm probably about 14, 15, but, you know, I was hustling then. At that time, I didn't know no better. I thought this was how it go down. She smoked, so, I mean, she going to buy it from somebody. I might as well be the one, you know, but all that came from the, the lack of knowledge and the lack of parenting. So, you know, it's something that I wouldn't do now, but that's after the fact. You know, I done grew, I done matured, but as a kid, yeah, I was out there like that. Yeah. Damn. Okay. And what 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 happened? Um, I guess your your teenage years because you went in as a teen, right? I was seventeen when I went to prison. Okay, what what uh, what landed you to to go to prison? Uh, so I got four aggravated robberies with deadly weapons and four aggravated assaults with deadly weapons. Me and my partners, you know what I'm saying? We just go around and and just be hitting licks. That's what we would call it, hitting licks, you know. Mm. And I always tell people when I went to prison. That was just the first time I got caught for it. I had been doing it. Mm, okay. And what, what was you? What was you robbing? Like grocery stores, gas Man, stations? I'm robbing anybody I think got a bag of money. 
also like personal. Man, it can be a personal. It can be a trap. It can be a store. Wherever I think it's a bag of money, and I think I'm finna be able to get away with it. Me and my partners finna come see about you. Really? That's how I was living when I was a kid. Dang. Dang. Okay. Shit. And then um, you go to you go to jail, right? And how long did they give you? Thirteen. So they gave me ten years. I picked up five down there in the prison system. Huh? Uh, I was messing with a young lady down there. So me and her doing our thing. I got into a jam, and it was either tell on her or take the time. Mm, okay. Okay. And what was that? What was that? What was that first day like for you? If you could remember, like when you first landed in jail, I was heartbroken. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was heartbroken. I was sick. I couldn't believe that I was in prison. Yeah. I was just like, "Damn, man, I'm hurt. Like, this is real. This, this is not no movie. This ain't my grandma finna be able to come get me. Like, you know, when you in juvenile, you getting in trouble. You go do." Six months boot camp or go to a group home and stuff like that. You coming right back out. But when they give you that time in prison, you there. God damn. What, um, and I mean, this is just, I just want to know, what's the, because I know is the Texas Department of Corrections, like the jails out here, is it different, like is where is race um, heavily in, in the jails in there? Oh, it's super racial in, in the prison system. Really? Yeah. Okay, so it's like the blacks with the blacks, the whites with the whites, that kind of separation? That Yeah, that's what's going on in TDC. Okay, okay. Man, because I know I'm from I'm from California, from L.A., and I know, like, that shit, I had to do a week, and that was too long for me in jail. You know what right. I'm saying? And soon as my first day when I landed, it was like they was giving me the rundown, the politics of the whole situation, and that's, that shit scared the fuck out of me. You know what I'm saying? He was like, Yo, the blacks over here, this is where we get down, this is where we use the toilet. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Oh, yeah. This shit moving fast as a motherfucker for me. Yeah. Now, prison is a whole nother world within itself. It's a world inside of a world. Different rules and regulations, different code of ethnics. Like, it's a completely different situation than being out here in society. Yeah. God dang. And so, um, when you when you first touch down, you back out free. What was your mindset? What was your what was your thinking like, okay, this is what I'm about to do going forward? So, uh, man, I got out of prison on a Monday, August 4th, on a Monday. And uh, my gal and my sister, they the ones who came and picked me up. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. we on the highway, we riding, everybody excited. So uh, they like, uh, what's up? I was like, say, so what's up with that job? They was like, huh? I was like, yeah, man, y'all had told me that y'all got me. You know what I'm saying? They were like, calm down, slow down. You just got here. I'm like, yeah, but we need to make sure that that's understood. That, that, that They like, slow down. We ain't got home yet. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, yeah, but we need to make sure that that's in the mix. I need that ASAP. So I knew coming home from prison, the first day I walked out, I, I understood the importance of finding some kind of income, generating some money immediately. And I was one of them people when I came home, man, my girl told me, man, you can chill. You know what I'm saying, man? I got everything paid up for about six months. You ain't got to do nothing. You can chill. I was like, babe, I just chilled for 13 years. I'm finna to go to work. She was like, I mean, if that's what you want to do, I'm like, yeah, that's what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to sit right here and just chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man. And what what job was that? What, 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 it was just anything that you can get your hands on to... to Start generating that income? Right. So I went through a temp service. 
they got me and then they got me on at Coca-Cola, but my father-in-law at the time was already up there. So, you know, his his name kind of went ahead and got me in the dope mm. at Coca-Cola. I worked up there, but then that was only seasonal. So once the seasonal thing went out, you know, my background kicked in. Man, this guy here, he's a real felon. You know what I'm saying? Mm. From there, man, I went and uh, worked at a warehouse named Atrium. They're a window company. I started out making $8.50 an hour. I say within a year, year and a half at the most, I was up to $16, $17 an hour. How, how, how you do that? You just kept getting promoted? Yeah, so uh, when I go in the job, right, what people out here take for granted is, is something big for people like me. I had been in prison for years fantasizing on going to work. So they say be at work at 7 o'clock. You, you can't even get here at 7. I'm here at 6.30. Mm. So they seeing things like this. We in here on the line. We working. We supposed to produce so many windows in a certain amount of time. I done done double that in that amount of time. Mm. So they like, man, I don't now at the time, I don't know that these people is watching me like this. You know what I'm saying? What these people don't know is I'm just so happy to be free and just so happy to be like out here. I'm like, ooh, go to work. What time we got to be to her? Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Man, people came up to me, hit me on my shoulder and asked me, say, sir, how would you like to become permanent? I'm like, oh, yeah, that's a bet. A few months after that, they come back, how would you like to be the uh, supervisor? I'm like, for real? I'm like, you for real, for real? They like, yeah, I'm like, you going to pay me to do it? They like, yeah, we going to pay you. These people going to work for you? I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm with that. So it was more about the work ethic than anything. It wasn't nothing specifically that I just went in there and done. I was just at work every day. I'm on time, and when I'm in here, I'm grinding. Man, that is, like, super important. And you know what's so crazy to me is what I find what I find crazy is most people who, who I don't, I don't want, to want to phrase this, most people that I find that, that's, that's excelling is they not worrying about, like, having to go to work, you know what I mean? It's about they just they come in to grind and put in the work and let the chips fall where they may, you know what I'm saying? And those are the ones that I always see that's just getting further and further because they just, like, I'm just here to work, man. You know what I'm saying? And that's that that, that work ethic shit is so is so important, man. And I want I want to make sure we emphasize that. And you just you just kept going and you were just like, you know what? I'm gonna just I'm here at six thirty, and you would stay late, or you would just be like, whenever they let me go, or what? Man, I'm here to whenever they say it's over with. What time we got to be here tomorrow? Itself, I'm right back here at six thirty again. And this the funny thing, bro. I didn't even know I had work ethic. It was a lady in prison who turned me on to work ethic. When she told me about it, I thought she was trying to be funny, like trying to say I was dumb or something. I waited till we left them, and when I got back to my pod, I hollered one of my partners like, "Hey, bro." Man, what, what does work ethic mean when somebody say you got a good work ethic? My partner was like, you don't know. I'm like, man, tell me what that means. He ran it down to me. I was like, oh, she's saying I work hard. I'm a good worker. I'm like, oh, all right, that's what's up. But I didn't let her know that. Mm. The, the kitchen lady, she gave me a job in the kitchen. And she was like, boy, your work ethic is crazy. It's just your mouth. You always got something to say. <laughs> I'm like, damn. So when she said it like that, I'm thinking she's saying being funny like, I, I didn't know what work ethic mean at that time. Yeah. As soon as I got off of work, I went straight back to my door. Hey, bro. Hey, what does work ethic mean? Oh, you a good worker, man. You uh, you responsible. You take care of the bit. I'm like, oh, okay. That's a bit. That's a compliment. 
So when I got home and I saw, you know, my peers and what I was up against, man, you tripping about being at work at Selma. I've been dreaming for years to get here at Selma. I'm going to be here at 630, 6.15. Yeah. God damn, man. And I, I want, like, because that's, that's what I really want people to understand. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm understanding myself about me trying to start my own business is like it's about the work you know what i mean the i i i read this something i read somewhere where it says life is about error and results when you're doing shit and it's not working out then you know it's, it's an error somewhere when you're doing shit and you're starting to get the results from it that's when you know you're on the right path you know what i mean and i feel like most people just only looking at the results and they not focused on the actual work because the work is what's going to get you the results. You know what I mean? You better believe it. And I'm just like, that That work ethic is, is so important. And I know as a kid, I think I was I was a little a little arrogant to the fact because moms took care of everything. And I was just right. chilling. You know what I mean? But and I, I had to I had to grow my own work ethic. So because I knew what I wanted. You know what I mean? I know what I want out of life. And I think that's. That's so important. Like I, I, let me let me not keep harping on that because <laughs> I, I feel like it's dope though. You know what I'm saying? Uh, nah, the, the uh, single handedly, bro. You know me being in the position I am with my business and me being able to travel the world, build a family, everything I've got going on. Man, without the work ethic, ain't none of that gonna be provided to you. The success is only gonna come if you're willing to put in the work. Don't nobody care about your personal problems and. We had a flat tire. We got to take the baby to the doctor. All that is irrelevant. You're supposed to have been here at 7 o'clock. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the work ethic has to be phenomenal. Yeah. Um, so, you you at the job, right? You working the job. Um, you supervising now. Um, after you leave there, what like where what is that transition like? So, man, I was tired of the warehouse. I wasn't accustomed to people like, Going upstairs and telling the plant manager on me. And I'm like, man, this man just went and told. <laughs> I'm like, what? Where I just come from, that'll get your whole head spent off. Like, what? You know, people jumping fly at the mouth. I'm like, man, who you talking to? Yeah. Fam. Boy, you caught me a few years ago talking like that, man. We be all up and down these day rooms. and But I understood that I was in society. So it's like the way you would deal with something in prison you can't come to society moving like that. So when I was seeing that I was ready to shake the warehouse, my question becoming like, so shit, what you going to do? You finna get this up, but for what? I go to Big T Bazaar one day, I see one of my partners up there. Man, if you see my partner, bro, you would think he the biggest drug dealer in the world. I'm talking about man got big chains, diamonds, candy red Camaro. I'm talking about the man look like a straight hustler. I'm like, man, what you got going on, bro? What is you doing with yourself? He like, yeah, man, I uh, drive trucks. I said, what? He said, yeah, bro, I don't do nothing but drive trucks. He said, I make about seventeen, eighteen hundred a week. That's out the child support for all five kids. I said, square business? She said, yeah. I left straight from Big T Bazaar and went to the house and told my girl, hey, babe, look up CDL license. She like, where that come from? I'm like, man, look that up, baby. We need to do that ASAP. I need to see what's going on with that. I went through the process as far as getting my CDL license. So now it's down to uh, time to get a job. So, she, you know, I ain't got no experience or nothing like that. So what you going to do? You going to leave? You going to stay? 
when you first get that CDL license, you got to be willing to go over the road. That's the only way you're going to get the real experience. Mm. So my my problem coming in, like, damn, I really don't want to leave. You know what I'm saying? I <laughs> yeah. just came home. I'm yeah. like, God damn. But uh, I was running it down by one of my partners. His name is Sam. And my partner Sam had been in business about a good 20 years. He'd been having his own business. So, I, you know, I'm always asking him business questions, questions and things like that, just picking his brain. So I'm telling him my dilemma. I'm like, man, I got the CDL license, bro, but they talking about I'm finna have to be gone for two weeks, come home a week, gone two weeks. I'm like, man, I don't know about that. He like, yeah, but what you got to lose? He was like, damn, what everybody keep telling you, go jump in the truck and go check it out for yourself. He was like, what you got to lose? Everything that's right here is going to still be here when you get back, bro. Get You know, go get yourself a shot. Mm. I was like, you know what? I'm a gone dude. Went to the house and told my girl, man, I got a, a little gig, man. I got to be gone for two weeks, home a week. She was like, you sure this what you want? I'm like, yeah, I'm finna run with it. Just like that. Mm. And how long did you work for somebody else? How long was you gaining that experience in the trucking? For about a year. For a year? I went across the whole United States of America. Really? Yeah. Dang. And then once you got the experience, you was like, okay, I know what I'm doing. How did what made you like, you know what, I'm about to start my own company. I'm about to jump out of here and do my own thing. Right. So I ain't gonna say that came by default, but that just came by me just just shooting my shot, seeing what I could do. So I got a partner that was already into doing hot shot trucking. So every time I come home, you know, pull up in the hood, see my partners or whatever, he be laughing and making fun of. He be like, "Well, how many how many miles you just drove for them people?" I be like, "About four, five thousand. That's five thousand miles you could have drove for yourself." I'm like, "Yeah, man." I'm like, "But bro, I don't want to get no eighteen wheeler." You know, he like, "No." He like, "Man, you can go get a dually and a trailer and make the same money." Mm. I'm like, "You think I could do that?" He like, "I don't see why not." So that's where the curiosity started coming. So now I got to figure out, like, damn, you know, to get an 18-wheeler, bro, you're going to have to have a little bread. Yeah. You're you going to have to put down a good 15 racks, and that's with decent credit. Versus getting into them hot shots, all I got to do is go to the dealership and uh, I'm trying to purchase a vehicle. Get an auto loan. You know, I got decent credit. Boom, they'll give you that all day long, trailer. Right. So it was more of an easier transition for me to get into it. And once I had committed to it, I mean, I done put all my money on the line. I ain't got no choice. We got to f- see if it's going to work or not. Yeah. I done already bought the truck. I done already bought the trailer. I'm on death ground. It's mm. either sink or swim. So that that's how it was. It was either sink or swim. Dang. So how do you, and I don't know if this is even information you want to give, give out, but how do you get the, um, the what are they called? The trailers. Not not the trailers that they pull, the actual products. How do you lock that down to get that? So in order to get that, you're going to have to be about grinding. Mm. Everybody, so I do mentorship with the trucking. I have a uh, Brewster Trucking 101 where I teach individuals how to go about starting their own trucking company and whatnot. And one of the biggest questions everybody want to know is how do I get to work? You get to work by being in the trenches. Mm. Okay, okay. And the trenches is... Just knowing the right people or? No, sir. The trenches is you going to go pick that load up and dropping it off over here to this shipper, leaving them going to another shipper, picking up. You need to be up day in and day out working. It's not going to be something that you just going to walk in the office and, how you doing? I'm uh, 
such and such, man, and I want to get a contract with y'all. We don't even know you. We don't know nothing about you. We ain't seen you do business. We don't know if you're responsible. I mean, relationships, these things got to be built over time. Mm, okay. It's not something that you just finna walk in and voila, you on. Uh, okay, okay. And so now you you started, you got your, your dually, right? And you are doing it, you, you doing it yourself, right? You picking up loads, dropping them off yourself at this point, right? Correct. Um, how long does it take you to get like your second truck or your second vehicle to start bringing on more people? Right. So I got the second truck when I knew where to go get the second, the rest of the work from. So once I knew where the work was at, now I know I need to go get some trucks. Mm. Once I knew, once I knew how to run this truck right here and I saw, damn, y'all still got more work. Let me go buy another truck. Dang. Okay. And who do you who do you hire? Do you hire your your partner? Because I don't know who Sam is, but he seemed like a like an intelligent dude. You know uh-huh. what I'm saying? Because it sounds like he's putting you on game like on every single step that you going through this trucking thing, man. Right. So Sam, uh, he only gave me that game right there to actually oh, okay. give me the confidence to go and drive a truck. But as far as the people who done gave me the game, as far as me getting to where I'm at, it's a handful. So it's a guy named Brent Ison. It's a guy named Shante Howe. It's a guy named Maurice Green, my father-in-law, Virgil, my wife. Like, it's so many different people who have played critical component parts to each step in different areas and in different ways. Mm. So I won't just credit it to no one person because I done built a solid team. It was a team conglomerate type situation to get me here. Dang. Okay. And from the time that you started trucking – until you got your second truck, how long um, was that process? How long was that? Did that take? Uh, I give it about two years. Okay, because this what I want. What I what I what I really want to stress is when when because I got a homeboy that just came home. You know what I'm saying? And what I want people that just coming home to know, like it's gonna take you time, but you just got to keep building those blocks and putting those days, adding those days up together. So you can become a boss man Brewster, you know what I mean, in their own right, and just put start putting them days together where you grinding, you know what I mean, and it's not gonna happen like right away, but because I know um, sometimes I, I feel like some of my partners that have been in, they they just get frustrated and then go right back to the streets. Right. So how you fi- how you fast track your success is finding mentors and people that's already where you want to be. Had I known a boss man Brewster when I first came home, it wouldn't have took me this long to get on. Mm. So if you are if you coming home from prison, boss man Brewster is somebody you supposed to be trying to lock in with and find out whatever he doing, how he doing it, because he's going to be able to prevent you from making the mistakes that he done already made. That's the reason why you get up under mentors, you find them. Mm. It, even if it's not me, that's even if somebody that's in the in the podcast industry with what you do and they see how you doing it. They trying to get on. Okay, you need to be uh, trying to get in contact with him. See what he doing. How he doing it. Where do I need to go for this? And how do I do that? This is how you get on. This is how you fast track your own success. I'm sure you can stop somebody from making mistakes in podcasting. That somebody like me just started, I'm going to make all kind of mistakes because I don't know. But if I know you, I'm a part of your mentor program or whatever you got going on. That's going to fast track my, my success. Mm, okay. Now, how do people, um, how do they join the, the mentor program that you got? 
So BrewsterTrucking101.com, that's a web, my website. So uh, I have a curriculum that I sell. It's like $500. It just really basically show you the ins and the outs, how to get started, what you need to do, cool. But the actual hands-on mentorship program, that costs you $2,500. And the reason it's going to cost you $2,500, because one thing I know, I'm from the streets. Once I put my money on the line, I'm for real. Mm. If you ain't got no skin in the game, you ain't going to take it serious. You're going to be wasting my time and yours. Mm. But if you put some skin in the game, oh, it's serious now. I don't I don't spend that bread. Yeah, it's serious. I need to be locked in, tuned in on whatever this is going on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Man. And let's talk about um your book, man. Um from the wreck, what is it called? From the wreck to, to the, the streets. streets. Man, what what's the what's the book about, man? Uh that book just really about my transition as far as coming home. Okay. Like I say, you know, I had been in prison for over thirteen years. So I was accustomed to living a certain kind of way. I was accustomed to being dealt with a certain kind of way. So when you reintegrate into society, you have to be able to adapt quickly. So you have to be able to switch that mindset. So that book is just an example of all the different things that I had to go through. Mm, okay. And where can people get the book at? Uh, that book right there on Amazon.com. You can Google From the Wreck Yard to the Streets, and that book going to pop up. Okay. What what was that? What how how was it writing a book, man? Like, was it easy for you, um, like, putting all your thoughts on what you went through on paper? So I'm finna get ready to drop a second book in a few weeks, From the Streets to the Suites. Okay. That book was a whole lot easier than this book right here. The very first book was really a challenge for me from the standpoint, I'm not, this is not something that I just wanted to do. I, I had a partner that was down there in H-Town. He's gifted in this area. So this is what he do. So I was just like, man, let me try to go on at least PM me one book because he used to always tell me, man, everybody got a story. They supposed to write at least one book in their life. You know what I'm saying? So I just started putting it down, writing, writing, writing. I go read it to my girl. I chop game with him. What you think about this right here? And I just put it together. Before I knew it, it took off, man. I got invited to an event. And, uh, man, that changed the, the trajectory of everything. Really? How long did it take you to write it? Uh, I say about four to six months. Okay. Off and on. Okay. Okay. And man, I seen um, last week too. You was doing something for kids. Um, It was like a um, what was it? It was like a business thing that you were investing in for kids. What was that? So we have a lady that's in the uh, Dallas Fort Worth area, keeping families connected. Her okay. name is Letitia. And uh, she has a program where if you imp- your family members, she pick them up and take them down there to go visit you. She got a nonprofit organization. This is what they do. Well, they kids, sometimes the kids be involved, and she take the kids down there to go see the parents. So now, you know, her just growing and expanding her platform, she opened up a business for 13 different kids. So she invited me to come out to come speak and come see what they had going on. And when I got there and I saw everything, I was like, you know what? I was like, all these kids, right? She was like, yeah. And I say, all of them got a business, right? She said, yeah. I said, well, I'm going to spend a bag of money with everybody in here today. Mm. That's how we going to do that. You know, I'm all for supporting situations like that. And when I pulled up in there and just saw how she had done really work to get things up and moving for them kids like that, I was like, man, uh. Send me your cash app or your Zelle, man. I'm finna send the bread. Dang. 
What what kind of businesses those kids have? Do you remember? Oh yeah. So you had one selling T-shirts, one that was selling socks. You got uh, one that he had bow ties. You had another one they were selling purses. Uh, you had a young lady. Uh, she was what was that lip gloss? Cause I bought her and I bought my little girl some. They had little lip gloss, just you know, little businesses for kids. Yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah, we gotta support that. That's the future. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. I was like. I wonder how could we get it. Can you plug us with Letitia? Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I, I want to somehow plug into that where we can support little entrepreneurs, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you know what I'm sure. saying? Yeah. Okay. And that was in Dallas? Uh, That was in Dallas. She had uh Rock T from uh, the Ricky Smiley Morning Show. He came out. He hosted it. It was all love. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a good event. Yeah, man. Dang. That's dope. So man, where um I know you got the book coming out from the from the sweets to the streets. Nah, from the streets to, to the, the sweets. Yeah, okay. we elevating, baby. Okay, okay. We elevating. Yeah. So where um what else is going on? Cause man, I'm I'm straight up. I'm really be intrigued by dudes that's 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 hustlers like from the streets. You know what I'm saying? Because I be feeling like a lot of times dudes that's in the streets be so fucking smart you know what i mean right but we i i guess they just we just more be more attracted to the quick money and that short money you know what i'm saying right. but i know i know a bunch of dudes that's in the streets that's fucking brilliant but it's just it's just they a product of their environment you know what i mean right. um what what's what's next man where do you see brewster logistics going um like next where you see you taking it Oh, you know, that's we're going to be a national brand. We changing the streets all over America, bro. That's the mm. goal, man. We we want to enter to all the ghettos, all the colleges, all the schools, all the streets. We want to become a national brand, showing people and letting them see, hey, man, you can be successful. This can go down. It don't matter that we black, we from the hood, we started from a disadvantaged standpoint. Hey, man, it come a point in time when you reach a certain age, the responsibility and accountability fall on you. I'm gonna be a reflection of that. I'm gonna show y'all this. Mm. So yeah, that's that's the direction in which we move. Yeah. You ever thought about being a, like a motivational speaker? Man, people tell me that, bro. But I just be like, you know, it's cool if I can motivate and inspire. But my thing really just be, I be wanting the streets and the rec yards to know, hey, bro, this is the play. This can go down. Don't let them fool you and have you thinking because you grew up in the hood, because you grew up from a disadvantage, because you a felon. And I, they want you to think that you can't do it. I'm telling you this can go down. So that be my thing when I be feeding the streets. I don't be really looking to be a speaker or nothing like that. I just be wanting to feed the streets. Yeah, and I I think I think with everything that you done been through, you the perfect person to actually speak you know what I mean to to kids and just to motivate people not even not even I I think just the the streets yes but I think your audience is so so much bigger it's like the world that that could tap in to to some of the things that you've been through and you speaking from experience too yeah you know now, I, mean? uh, I don't been invited to college campuses and stuff to come speak so, you know, uh, my story, my platform is way bigger than just the streets and the rec yards. It's just that be my, my uh, I ain't going to say targeted audience, but those that's where my passion and my love is. That's where I'm from. Mm. So, you know, I know what it is to come up in the game. And, man, this is all we know. 
this really all they know is robbing and hitting licks and selling dope. Like they don't really believe that they can be successful in a different light. Yeah, I know what that really is to come from that. So you know, I just be more passionate towards them people. But you know, college campus entrepreneurs, anybody along them lines, man, you are gonna learn a, a, a great load of knowledge and information just from my trials and tribulations. Yeah. The, um, some of your homeboys that you grew up with, are they um, are they in business with you? Or are they started working for you, or wh- what are they doing now? Man, I don't even communicate and socialize with a uh, with a lot of them. I say probably about ten percent of them that I actually you know grew up in the streets with. Mm-hmm. Man, you know I got a new circle of friends and family, man. So a lot of things that I participated in as a child, man, you know I can't be around that. Yeah, yeah on a whole nother path yeah you know people places and things that's important yeah those are triggers so you gotta be conscious of it yeah god damn man um shit and where did you say i don't i don't remember you said it where can people um if they want to get into trucking how do they get a hold of you? Is the website or that's the best way? Or your Instagram yeah. or Instagram, Facebook, my website, Brewster Trucking 101.com. Bossman Brewster on all social media platforms. I mean, if you're trying to tap in, man, it, it ain't it ain't difficult. Yeah, because I mean we when when I reached out to you, it was like, hey man, what you wanna do? You just just hit me, you yeah. know what I'm saying? So if it's something that I see I'm all for supporting other businesses. I'm all for supporting people that's trying to get on and do better. As long as I see you got something productive going on, I bring value to you. You bring value to me. Let's make it happen. Yes, sir, man. God damn. It's, it's, what would you say to somebody who, um, um, I, I, let me ask you one question at a time because I got so many shit going in my head. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you are you investing in in like tech or anything like that? So I got a lot of partners. As a matter of fact, one of my mentees, some too. That's what he do. He in the stocks trade and all that type of stuff. And he been trying to get me to get in it, but I be telling him, man, you know, I'm so tied down with these trucks, books, mentorship. You know what I'm saying? But as time progress, that's most definitely a lane that I'm looking to tap into. Yeah, yeah. And I know I seen this. Um, it was this dude that was. I seen it was like an interview I think I seen a while ago where this guy was in jail and he was teaching people um about stocks and it was like I think it was probably like a couple of years ago. Like he was teaching inmates about how to do stocks while they in jail because I know they get um money on their books. Right. He was teaching them how to take the money from their books and invest it in stocks while they still locked up. You know yeah. what I mean? And I think that was I was like, Yeah, that's dope. That's, oh, man. Some of the smartest people I know are in, in prison. I'm talking about some of the smartest, sharpest individuals I have ever met in my life are in prison right now. God damn! I always think like, what if them people wasn't in jail? What would they? What could they be out here in society? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> That's the same thing. They sitting on the rec yard wondering. I got all this talent. I got all this potential, and I made one decision that took five seconds, and it cost me the rest of my life. When you was a kid, what what did you what did you want to do? Did you even have a plan, or did you even think like that far down the line? Man, when I was a kid, I wanted to be a gangster, bro. Straight I up, want, yeah, straight up. I wanted to be the uh, mafia boss. I wanted to be a big time mafia boss when I was a kid. 
Those was my dreams and my aspirations as a child. Really? God dang. That 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 um that street life is is. I feel like it's so it's so much so much things that you learn just being in the streets right. that you can't learn nowhere else. You know what I mean? About energy, about just dealing with people. You know what I mean? I think those are intangible things that you can't. You can't be taught, you know oh, what I'm saying? Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Say, I always tell people, man, I went to Penn State. Mm. They be like, huh? I be like, yeah, I went to the state penitentiary, but it was a college. It was an institution. In prison, you're going to learn human behavior, psychology, sociology. I'm going to learn these things firsthand because I'm dealing with multiple personalities, multiple backgrounds, multiple dysfunctions, multiple addictions. You're going to learn how to function in a closed environment amongst this. This is a whole college course. That's if you use it for that. Mm, yeah. Let me ask you this. As far as the trucking, um, are women doing trucking? Hell yeah, they doing it. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah, they, and they doing it on a high level. Really? I'm talking about I know several women that's highly successful in the trucking industry. Man, I know. I think I feel like more women should get into trucking, man. I mean, not not that I feel like they should, but I feel like that's a good place where I don't know. I feel like now that I think about it, it feel like women because women in my in my head, women are more like the homemakers. Right. You know what I'm saying? They taking holding the house down, and then being on the road, I be feeling like, dang, is that taking away or is that adding? Man, I got a home girl named Kiara. They call her the trucking guru. Man, she a multi-millionaire from just dispatching and messing with them trucks, man. I'm talking about, and she young. Really? And she not the only one. I know several women. I'm talking about got three, four trucks, and I know women that's driving the trucks. Tomorrow morning, I got a young lady that's coming down here from Houston. She paid to be in my mentorship program. She'll be at my yard, and we'll be in them trucks rocking and rolling, learning the game. I'll be showing her everything I know. So the women, they 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 very serious. Yeah. Man. They have for us to be reckoned with out here. Really? Yeah. Man. And are are they um are you messing with or are you you mess with anybody that just buy into your program? Man, yeah, if you buy into the program, you in. But okay. I know I know that's gonna separate the bullshit from the people that's serious because it's a ticket on it. When it's a price, that's gonna uh uh them ain't the J's. I need my money for the J's. Okay, but I'm going to need my money for this education mm. and this knowledge and this insight and this hands-on training. That's what I'm going to spend my bread on. Yeah. I, man, I think um, I'm going to try to plug my homeboy in with you, man, because he just he just got home um, like six, six months ago, seven months ago, and, like, dude is fucking smart as fuck, man. Right. He's smart as fuck. Nigga went to college. That's where I met him. Went to college, everything, and and got caught up in the streets. Went went and sat down for twelve. I think it was t- ten or twelve. And now it's like this nigga is doing way more shit than I know my partners that have been here the whole time. Right. This nigga's doing way more. And I'm like, God damn. That's that ambition in it. Yeah. You know, when you've been locked in that cell like that, bro. When you've been just really locked, and then especially for somebody who felt some pain when they was in there. If you went through some real pain, you felt some traumatic 
something traumatic while you was in there, when you get her, you ain't going to never, you going to make sure that you in a position to where if anything crazy ever happened again, you all right. You going to put yourself in that kind of position. And I'm speaking from hands-on experience because of what I went through when I was in prison. I know why I came home so motivated and so hungry. I knew I didn't want that to ever happen to me again. Yeah. I feel like um, you you ever heard a dude named Wallow? Wallow 267. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like both of y'all, man, will fucking, y'all can take over the world, both of y'all together. Uh, Wallow good people, man. He got some game about himself. I'll be checking him out. So, yeah, I most definitely know who he is. Yeah. I feel like the same thing with Wallow is is what you speaking of, man, because both of y'all that came through the same, the same, I guess, thing, you know what I mean? Yeah. Same stuff, man. Yeah. God dang, man. I ain't gonna hold you too long, man. Um, and the book from the streets to the sweets is coming out next week. Hey, man, from the streets to the sweets, man. Lock in, man. This here gonna be a bestseller. Okay, and it's available on Amazon. It or- will, it'll be available on Amazon.com. It'll also be available on all my platforms. Okay, and if they want to get a hold of the trucking, same website. Same, you can go to any one of my platforms, hit that LinkedIn. I'm talking about anything concerning Kedrian Brewster will be on there. Okay. Man, I appreciate you, boss man, man. Oh, yeah, for sure, man. I'm glad I could pull up. Yeah. I like your spot up in here. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it. You got these boys signed, man. Hey, oh, yeah, I signed the wall. Yes, sir. Big Brewster's yeah. on the wall, man. Make sure I'm on the wall, yes. man. This here going <laughs> to be legendary. Yes, sir, man. This This is just our starting point. You know what I'm saying? You got to start, though. Yeah. Yeah, we got it. too many people still trying to figure out when they going to start. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, man, I know I know the, the hardest part is the starting, but I feel like, oh, here's something I want to ask you, too, man. Um, we talk about manifestation on this on this platform like a bunch, you know what I mean? Okay. When, what is your process of manifesting things, or, or do you even manifest, like, things that you want to accomplish? Yeah, we manifest heavily at the Brewster household. Okay. We do vision boards. You know, every year I sit down with my wife and we sit down and go over what it is we trying to accomplish. I wake up in the mornings telling myself, hey, man, you a winner, man. Stay focused, man. Stay in the game. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, manifestation is very, very, very vital and important. If for nothing else, just for self. Because what you, the, the journey that you're embarking upon, man, it's going to be a hard journey, bro. You know, being an entrepreneur, trying to become number one, it's a hard journey. So you're going to have to have a lot of, you know, talks with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yes. And I know for me, music gets me through. You know what I'm saying? Music helps me with with just putting all the plays together, getting people to come sit down, tell their story, like, and – I want I, I want you to be a part of our journey, man. Like I don't know how or what, what where we can help or what we can be of assistance to you, but whatever you need from us, man, tap in with me. You you got my info. Let's let's stay connected, man. Oh, for sure, cause I like your studio, so I can come back here. Hell yeah, anytime, man. <laughs> anytime. I like the studio. Anytime, man. You welcome, man. <laughs> yes, sir. Yo, man. Thank you for tapping in. Yo, this has been the Tap In Podcast, man. Don't forget. The getting is in the giving, man. This has been the Tap In Podcast. Holla.